Ever since you got here, you haven't said a word to me. Would you look at me? Please. Daryl. I'm sorry. Stop it. It wasn't your fault. It was. No. It wasn't. You're one of the good things in this world. That's what Glenn thought. And he would know. Because he was one of the good things. Hey, Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Mr. Blog. And this is the Walking Dead cast, episode 255. Hey, Mr. Blog. <laughs> Hi. How you doing, Jason? Good. Long time no chat, man. I mentioned that Karen was going to be off this week and you were going to be on, but I said it at the end, and I think about, I'm guessing, 23.7% of listeners listen all the way to the end. So you're a surprise. Really? You think so? No, I don't. You think it's more? Or do you less? really? Do? I th- I think it's more. I okay. think people when they get locked into a podcast, I think they generally don't really jump around. I think they're willing to listen to things they don't even give a crap about just because they're doing <laughs> whatever it is they're doing know. with a podcast, right? Uh, in their car or doing dishes or vacuuming or something. I mean, a, a buddy of mine at work just said he actually started listening to one of my podcasts only because. Another one, it just ran into it. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm listening to Eric's podcast. <laughs> hey, like so this. it's nice. <laughs> so I recently, just a few days ago, quit my effing job. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, man. Thanks. That is so awesome. I, Living the dream. That's the response I'm getting right now. No, actually, I'm totally relieved and jazzed, and it wasn't totally planned, but it was. I was feeling it for a long time that this was going to have to happen. So right now, I'm officially a full time podcaster. Congratulations! Really, that Thank is you. so awesome. And I mean, and everybody, that is exactly. I mean, I'm not joking when I say live in the dream. I think <laughs> everybody dreams of being able to quit their day job and do whatever it is, whatever yeah. your, your avocation is. Right? What they say: make your avocation your vocation. Um, that thing that you love and you, sir, I know love podcasts I and, do. uh, you do it well Thank you. and now you're really giving it a go. So that's, that's fantastic. And, and happy to be on board with you on this journey because I couldn't <laughs> Thanks, do it. Dude. Cause that, I mean, you got balls of steel cause I couldn't do it, man. Um, well, I am going to give it all I've got but, yeah. and I'm giving myself a year to make it work. And so 
wish me luck, everybody. And I'm glad to have all of you guys listening. And I'm excited to be doing this. And I feel extremely relieved and excited to put everything I have into this. So thanks, man. I appreciate your support. And and always remember, people, uh, there's always Patreon. <laughs> I was going to say, sure we'll talk this about might be at some a good point. <laughs> time yeah, to remind you that we are Patreon supported. There's going to be more news on that to come. There's going to be some Patreon news. But I just wanted to mention that the, the Facebook group is turning out to be even better than I hoped it would be <clears throat> that you get to be a part of when you're on Patreon. And one example is without any prompting from me or Karen, the Facebook group has started doing a live chat thread for each episode so they can go in and yeah. just make comments to each other. So it's, it's really fun. They're having a lot I of fun. I want to join in on that, but it's East coast time. I can't join in. On oh, that. we need to start up a West coast time. <laughs> we got to do a West coast one. Yeah. So that's patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Now without any further ado, let's get into the reason why we're actually here. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top five. In five, four, three, two. All right. It's Deadcast Top 5. It's our top five highlights for season seven, episode 14, The Other Side. What did you think of the episode? Well, uh, this has been an interesting season as far as uh, having all of these very uh, specific focused episodes. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I think I made it very clear how I felt about the Rosita Sasha storyline. I was really not very happy with it, specifically Rosita. Mm-hmm. Um, there were elements to this episode I really, really liked, and I'll get into that with my top five. Uh, overall, I'd say maybe a three, three point two bags of intestines. I don't know whatever you want to say for that. Uh, you know, kind of a middling, not, I, I wouldn't, I would not call this a bad episode, but I, right. I wasn't really super jazzed about it. Like last week, I got to say, I loved last week a lot. The one that I haven't been on this in the last few weeks, I really, really liked to this one. Eh, not so much. I was jealous that you guys got to do the Eugene one. I thought that was really interesting. That was, that was a pretty cool one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Mm. For sure. Well, I, I, Oh, I, on first watch, I think I felt a little bit more like you did. I liked the episode, but I thought, yeah, this is just a good, solid episode of The Walking Dead. It's not one of my very favorites, but it's not, by like you said, by no means a bad episode. On second watch, I liked it more. I liked it even more. And I feel like it's definitely clearing the decks. It's a clearing the decks episode for this upcoming yeah, action. This is definitely setting up a lot of pieces for, I think what's going to mm-hmm. come up. And, and there are a few things where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that. And, and so I'm, I, I like that. It brings a few more questions. Uh, and I didn't watch it a second time. So perhaps that would have steered me. And I have noticed that this season. Yeah. Second rewatch is really a good idea. Yeah. I like almost every episode better the second time, not only setting up pieces, but also kind of wrapping up a few things. And yeah. so, and done in a way that I thought was interesting and enjoyable. And the episode had a nice uh, flow to it. There were some really tense moments. There were some really good character moments. And so, yeah, we'll get into it. Let's get going. Character moments for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what is your number five? Oh, okay. Um, my number five, this, uh, 
I, I tend to lately I've been going in like thematic sort of things with uh, with mine, and and this one, as you just said, is a very character driven episode, and each of mine are going to focus pretty much on a character or a relationship. But my number five, Eugene, is he a traitor? Is he a coward? Or is he a man with a plan? I still don't think we know really what's going on with Eugene. I mean, I think last night, you know, seeing this episode, it's like, holy shit, did he really go full Negan? Is he completely now? Like, I've got comfort here. I've got a great job. They respect me. They, they let me use the walkie-talkie and call myself doctor. <laughs> order people uh, around. Buying into the ruse. Uh, or was order people around? I think he loves that, right? Or... Is he saying no? I'm not going to go with you because if I go with you, they're going to start hunting me. Uh, they're going to they're going to know where I am, yeah. and and it's going to be bad for everybody. Is right. that what he was trying to say? Yeah, because he says you're either in or you're out, and that could mean if I leave, then I'm on the outs with them, and that's not going to yeah. do anybody any good. Which you know could be part of the coward aspect of it, but it's also like right now he's in a position p- potentially to do some real harm. And if he leaves, yeah. then he loses that opportunity. Very true, because he's still carrying Grembly Gunk in his jacket pocket. He's still carrying that thing around with him. I am convinced that's where he has the uh, death pills mm-hmm. hidden in Grembly Gunk. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. You know what? Well, before you started talking, I thought there was a pretty damn good chance that Negan is, I mean, that uh, Eugene is a total coward and he's siding with Negan. But those pills have to come back at some point. Oh, yeah. And so I think that means there's a damn good chance he's actually not a turncoat. That's my, again, uh, when Karen and I talked about Eugene in that episode, we did talk about the fact that is this the long con? Is he really doing And And so they made it seem like he's taking that traitorous route and just being like, oh, no, you know, um, and, and also, I have to say, uh, the metal zombies, now we really did see them. They look pretty badass. They're yeah, cool looking. I was glad to see those. And he's like shaking them to just test them out. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a stupid idea. I mean, it's you, they can't go anywhere. They're just going out, out, out. It's, right. you know. <laughs> it's all but, about the okay. intimidation factor. It's all about the intimidation. It's like, oh, my God, they got melted metal zombies attached to a chain link fence. That's horrible. Um, Hardcore. And I also loved his radio chatter. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Eugene. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, dude. Yeah, it's like the um it's like, oh, this is no fair now. The saviors get the the pleasure of hearing his patter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they eat it up. So that's my number five, Eugene. Nice. Well, that was one of mine too, so I'll just go right to it. So he I actually really would love for him to be a turncoat. And I know a lot of listeners are like you, you're a cold hearted jerk, but I just think that like, for example, I, you know, I realize um, not everyone thinks about this show from the perspective of the creators and the writers, but I tend to, for some reason. And I'm like, okay, if I was a writer and I wanted to pick one of the characters just to make a good story, all right, which one of the characters would actually probably be a turncoat? And I'm like, yeah, I think Eugene would be one of the ones that would be likely because we've seen him uh, the way he attached himself to Abraham. Yeah, same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you you know, he he brought his smarts and his bullshitting skills and Abraham was the brawn. And so similar here. And 
he's also we've seen that he's a coward and everything so i just think it's cool when not everyone is a hero all the time that some characters can be flawed and if you just have everyone act like even rosita you know rosita's been really bitchy lately and it's Ugh. annoying a lot of people <laughs> and i can see why yeah. but you know uh, i think a tendency with walking dead fans is okay if a character's not likable then they should just die <laughs> and i'm like no we need to have some unlikable yeah. characters too not everyone has to be on their best behavior all the time and be a hero i i find tv more interesting when people are flawed and sometimes deeply flawed and i guess you know with rosita it's it's not only that she's been flawed lately, but it's not fun to watch. So I get that. No, but I think every TV show does need to have somebody that you really just, that is just driving you crazy. You know, I mean, I think that does help propel things and this, this will get into some of my other top fives, but um, I think it's actually kind of important that you have somebody that just drives you nuts. She is making very bad decisions. They are obvious I think we're just pissed off with Rosita for being such a pain in the ass. And and you can sit here and go on and on about, you know, good God, look at how many other people have lost so much more than you. And you're going on about Abraham. But I don't know. Maybe that's unfair. Oh, okay. I'm jumping all over the Rosita. No, thing. but yeah, I mean, um, I think, you know, it's true. People have lost more than her and they're taking it better. But not everyone handles things the same. Deals way. with it the same. Yeah. yeah and if, if I had my lover who I loved very much beaten to death with the baseball bat, uh, I might get pissed off about it. I probably wouldn't act like her, but I wouldn't. I give her a lot of leeway because that's a pretty traumatic thing to have happen. Even if other people around you have had it worse. Um, but, you know, when she starts getting angry to the point of doing stupid things that could endanger people's lives, then then it's like, OK, that's enough. <laughs> well, know. and I think you, there, there's been this this pattern now. Right. So the whole thing with Father Gabriel and then she goes and takes that shot, which then gets Olivia killed. Right. And then she goes and gets mad at Father Gabriel. OK, obviously, we're dealing with somebody with a buttload of projection going on uh, who's just angry. She's just lashing out like, look, OK, I get it. Uh, now she went on a suicide mission that's going to get somebody else killed, you know, again. Um, I think I think viewers are just a little frustrated. It's yeah. like that character, you it. just want to slap. You just yeah. want to slap him upside the head. Dude. Like, come on, knock it off. You're being a dumbass. Ah! You, know, but you, you can't do it. It's on TV. <laughs> I know. I mean, I tried, but I just ended up scratching my TV. Um, but I wanted to say on um, I wrote down some of uh eugene's lines he says this is per negan who i also am even if it takes all night to procure them so i need able-bodied persons out there in the surrounding block to build and snooping and snatch and stat <laughs> negan will be indisposed <laughs> in the boudoir so in the meantime any questions should be directed to yours truly dr eugene porter chief engineer also known as negan who i am <laughs> yeah so, and, and that go ahead yeah Jim. No, I was just gonna say you get you start getting into the whole oh thou doth protest too much where it's it's like right. okay he's Could saying be. that a little bit too much where you're like come on now you're just yeah I don't know a little too on the nose laying it on too thick um, laying it on too thick that yeah. that little bit there he's saying he needs walkers because they're expanding mm -hmm. this whole walkers around the fence to keep people out. And so they're, he's telling people to go around and search the buildings, surrounding buildings for walkers. That's what caused 
Sasha to decide, okay, we actually have to go in now because they're going to come search these buildings. I didn't catch oh. that on first viewing. So, Oh, I didn't so get I that to, either. Cause yeah. I was a little frustrated. Like really you, you miss one opportunity and you bail from this great yeah. spot. And it wasn't because they missed it. It was because they knew that, I mean, they still, maybe they could have just like hidden somewhere where they didn't think anybody was going to look for walkers, but they decided, okay, they're coming around. So we have to go in now. Well, and Rosita, I think was just looking for any opportunity. <laughs> She's like, I just want to get in there. I, know, I want to get in I there. Know. Screw you and your big fancy gun. I want to get in there, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I dug that argument that they had about whether it was better to go in or or fire. But to me, it seems like a no-brainer that you would want to keep your distance when you're just two people. And One take, would think. Especially and, with and, a sharpshooter. Yeah. Yeah. And Rosita kept going on. We're going to we'll get caught anyway, so we can't do It's like, well, maybe not. You know, you do it right, yeah. you might not get and caught. If you it's, charge in there, she's like, I'm not going to get caught. Well, why not? I mean, did she have some ninja boyfriend that yeah. taught her to hide in the shadows or something? <laughs> 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 All right. So this is a per- look. Bottom line, my number four is actually Rosita and it. Sasha yeah. sort of burying the hatchet. No, no, no. We're already on it. Yeah. So uh, sort of, sort of burying the hatchet. You know, I, I, I this <sighs> This was one aspect of this episode I did really enjoy in terms of finally getting a little break in this stare down of just cold, you know, it, 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 and I like the way uh, Sonique, uh, excuse me, Sasha, you know, after she said, you either talk to me about the mission or don't talk to me at all, where she comes back like, all right, bitch, let's talk about the mission. And she lays it all out. Mm-hmm. And I love the way she did that, mm-hmm. uh, that it just seemed like fine sort of a thing. And um and I think that really helped break the ice where it's like, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to where you want me to go with this discussion. Meet right. me halfway at some point, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I think she did. And, and, and they were a good team. Their, their they movements, even yeah. as they were arguing, they quickly dispatch a couple of zombies. And i really liked how that, their whole sequence was paced and filmed. They yeah. were just working really well together. Even, even as they were at odds. Well, and they're they're two badass women. Right. I really wish that they would stop being so stereotypically lame. You know, it's like, come on, just work together. You guys are both badasses. You can see eye to eye. Um, yeah, you guys slept with the same dude. That happens, you know, especially in a smaller pool. I mean, it's just, I don't know. You want to, I love they did bring uh, to attention the necklace. Yeah, that came up. Yeah, it know. needed to come um, up. I mean, they're come up. I thought that they're was over great, it Suze. now, don't you think? I mean, uh, Sasha said, "No matter how so. it all goes down, I've got your back." Rosie said, "I've got yours." I feel like this is all water under the bridge. Yeah. So, like I said, burying the hatchet, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope it is. I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, when there's resolution on The Walking Dead, that usually means there's going to be a fresh grave. Right. So, um. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, yeah, not take on any bets on both of them surviving the season. No. I, I think I think one will survive, one will die. Yeah, me too. Yeah. My number four, preparation for war. So in recent weeks, we've seen all the ducks line up for everybody being on board for this war against Negan. Rick and crew, the Hilltoppers want to fight Ezekiel now. Even Carol yeah. and Morgan, everybody. And so this is the episode where 
the fighting actually began. It really wasn't until the last few uh, seconds, but it was gearing up to it. Yeah, I guess you're right. This really was kind of the first shot of the war, wasn't yeah. it? Right as uh, Sasha takes out the the savior next to Eugene. Yeah, the first and the yeah. first shot is Sasha and Rosita, and they they want to sacrifice themselves. At least that's what I was thinking. They wanted to sacrifice themselves so there wouldn't have to be a big war, uh, costing lots of lives. But then Sasha said to uh, Jesus. You know, I need you to stay here for what is going to happen because of this. So that lets me know that she knows that even though they're doing this, there's probably going to be more fighting that needs to happen. Or just they might fail. I don't think, especially at that point, I don't think she had much faith in Rosita's plan. You don't think so? You think? I don't think anybody has any faith in Rosita's plan. I don't think she would have done it if she didn't think they had a chance. She seemed pretty gung-ho about it. Maybe she's also one of the characters that's been very suicidal over the course of this series. Yeah, but she's, I think she's I mean, been out of it. She's been out of it, but she's ready yeah. to lay down her life. But I yeah. think she, she feels like she's got a good shot at it. Literally. Well, <laughs> I think she did just lay down her life and, and yeah, exactly. Um, well, I just wanted to mention, this is sort of part of this whole preparation for war. The whole five minute yeah. intro of no, talking i thought was pretty great and effective and that's right god i actually that and that i really liked yeah i like that a lot i think walking dead does really well a lot of the time when there's no dialogue and that's not a slight on the dialogue but it's just uh good to see people doing things without any need for words sometimes I forgot all about that fantastic intro with all of the (laughs) the training montages. So we've got hilltoppers forging weapons out of out of metal. We've got yeah, Earl Sutton making those little tridents. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Wait, do we know his name's Earl yet? I don't know. I I was thinking that might be a comic book. It's it's totally fine, but that's pretty cool. Uh, The knife throwing practice with I think Eden Maggie Mm -hmm. Sasha sharpening a knife. Then we get a little reprieve with Maggie and Enid looking at the ultrasound, which was sweet and smiling and just reminding us what we're all fighting for. Then I love the juxtaposition. Sorry. Uh, between Go ahead. Blacksmithing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Between blacksmithing and a sonogram. The same community. <laughs> right. Loved it. Sorry. That's it's all. forging. They're both forging. Um, then oh. there's Sasha <laughs> drawing up plans. Then there's uh, Maggie making a list of materials and items needed for battle. One of the items says horses, question mark. And Enid's giving uh, coffee yeah. and snacks. There's Sasha training everyone in knife fighting, which is interesting because I don't know how. It seems like with knife fighting, you might have different tactics against real people but than zombies, but maybe not. But it reminded me of when Maggie knifed that one right gear zombie back in the prison got under the helmet oh God, with it. Yeah. Yeah. She was real that's proud right. of herself. And I was thinking about that. And then later she says, what we really need is right gear. So that came back. But anyway, then there's Sasha at Abraham's grave. And mm-hmm. then there's uh, Jesus giving the sanctuary layout to Sasha. It says front of factory walkers on it. Then there's Daryl sharpening his knife with his head low, and Maggie walks up and put his hand, her hand on his shoulder, but he doesn't love respond. That scene. <laughs> yeah. oh, love that I think that she scene. gave him something. I'm not sure, like coffee or something. A dinner. Oh, okay. I think she gave him like a dinner. Yeah. yeah. Then there's uh, Sasha making like a cairn or something at Abraham's grave. 
there's uh, hilltoppers gathering around. Gregory sees it outside the window, gets stressed out and takes a drink. And then Rosita comes through the gate and sees Sasha. And I was a little confused by all this because I thought that um, Rosita and Sasha had already agreed to go get Negan. And why are they not leaving? But it turns out this was all the build up to that because Sasha comes. I mean, Rosita comes through and they say hi and. And they're ready to go. Well, they're just doing their prep. I mean, she needed to get some ammo. I like that scene as mm-hmm, well. Where, mm-hmm. uh, that was cool. But I, I, I need to one one person you kept bringing up, and I, I have to. I, I don't know what it is about this character, but I love her so, and that's Enid. Yeah. I was getting so pissed when people kept saying she's a wolf spy. Everybody's been trying to find some way to hate on Enid. I know. <laughs> I, I have. Always, since the moment we saw, I mean, just, I don't know what it is. Her face, something about Enid, I just love. Um, and Caitlin Nakin, the girl who plays her, I think is such a sweet, I, I met her at the last, God, the last Walker Stalker con I was at, which is Atlanta, what, 2016? No, 2015. Um, hearing her play Radiohead's Creep on the ukulele and, and, and getting a chance it. to chat with her and sing it. She's yeah. absolutely an amazing singer, amazing ukulele player. Just a, a lovely smile. She was in Too Many Cooks, which I think is one of the strangest things ever. <laughs> love this girl. And and yeah. every time I see her on the show, it makes me happy. I love that entire interaction where she meets the grammar Nazi who is giving her a hard time about, you know, contracting vegetables to veggies. Yeah, that was All a great that scene. Was just hilarious. He's like, it was stop. It's vegetables. We, we say vegetables. <laughs> we, we have, have the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> And I then, loved that. I I like that because it looked like it was going to be a goofy scene, but then he really threatened her and that sort of built yeah. him up as a threat right before he almost discovers Daryl and Maggie, Maggie and Daryl. Yeah. She, yeah. I like her too. And I think it's been pretty funny that people have been trying to paint her as a spy, but I have a feeling, you know, lately she's been re- a real hero a few times. And I think maybe exactly. people are coming around to like her even more. She brought the hilltop together for Maggie. Yeah. You know, she really made that happen. And, and I love seeing her, genuinely caring for Maggie as almost like they have their roles reversed. You know, it's like Maggie isn't so much taking care of Enid. Enid is so independent and strong. She's helping to take care of Maggie and mm-hmm. she's grooming uh, Maggie as a leader. And and I think in, in many ways, Maggie is grooming Enid as a leader. So it's this, I don't know. I, I, I like seeing, um, you know, women doing their shit and, and Enid's part of that. And I, and I think she is absolutely a, a strong strong character in this show that has gotten like nowhere near enough love and affection mm-hmm. but here's the enid yay, yay. raise love a glass you. clink uh, uh, she, she's too young to drink it but i'll go ahead and, <laughs> and thinking about how she started off as really sullen and you know not not yeah. n- not talking at all and just so you know distraught and depressed and now she's got something to drive her i think she really looks up to Maggie and she's totally on board and doing as much as she can to, to help out. Yeah, And she's, she's had a great arc. I mean, her relationship mm-hmm. with the Ron right way back when, and the uh, early Alexandria, her relationship with Carl, her relationship with Glenn, um, you know, she's really touched a lot of people within Maggie's sphere as well. And of course with Maggie and it's, it's just been, I think, God, I think back to her and, and Carl in the, in the hollowed out tree together. You know, or I th- I'm that was a, a sucker great scene. Freak. Like, 
It was. I am a sucker for young love. I <laughs> really, really am. And I think the two of them do have a, a certain a, a certain chemistry between the two they of them do. that I think works very well. I mm-hmm. think they are adorable. I think his hair is a little nicer than hers. But other than that, <laughs> um, I'm kidding. No, that's <laughs> actually great because they're, it helps make them not so stereotypical, you know? Yeah. And, and as you just pointed out, she moved out of the brooding into yeah. somebody who's smiling more and she's uh, more in control. And she's, you know, this is a girl who witnessed the death of her parents and has moved on, gone from JSS to, to where she is now. So... Is she a spy, though? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, I just peeked out my my mic on that one. But it'll be a big spike. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Where you are got we? Me on I that think one. it's your turn, number... Okay, okay. My number three. Gregory. Boy, we are really going in all tangents on this one, aren't we? Well, this episode um, had a lot of different things going on. Yeah, and they all kind of yeah. touch each other in one way or another. Gregory. That is my number three. I, I love to hate this fucker. He is... Me too. Such a slimy, weaselly, oh, you just want to take a shower after you watch yeah. him do his thing. But but what's his name? Xander Berkeley, I believe, right? Did did you interview him during Walker Stalker? I did. London? And here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I he he came off a little bit like his character, just a little. It was really ah! funny. And, <laughs> and and when I asked, it was him and Tom Payne. And when Tom when yeah. you know I asked Thomas Payne, uh, what was what's it like working with Xander? And he goes what's it like? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, Oh, oh shit. Oh man. Uh, that was all on stage oh. public, but um, he was very good too. He, he, I mean, he's, uh, he's a long time veteran actor and he's got yeah. mad skills. No, and so it was really fascinating good. to hear him talk. I, yeah. And, and look, bottom line is the villain is always more interesting than the hero in almost every story. And, and, he is playing that so wonderfully. I know you were one of the few podcasters, and I give you absolute credit for this because I agreed with, I loved it as well. The rhetorical line I thought was hilarious. Rhetorical. I liked him in, okay. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, he's, he brings a humor and a lightness to somebody that you just want to punch. I mean, he's, he's just, there are some people who have punchable faces. You know, mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, uh, the kid who played Joffrey, Jack Gleason, and yeah. this guy—you just want to punch him. And and oh god, that whole—you know—the the the whole scene with between him and Simon. Oh god, it was so good. It was yeah. really, it was really interesting because they're both kind of assholes, and so it's a oh, scene yeah. with just two total assholes, and. I almost felt like they were connecting on the level of their assholishness a little bit. Like I almost believed it when sure. Simon said, Oh yeah, come back. We'll do some, you know, drink some tequila. I almost believed he was excited to get a visit but, from Gregory. I mean, I don't know. Cause Simon, is, yeah. no, no, no. Simon I, though, he comes off excited, but he also, with that intensity, in his eye, you don't know if he's really, he may just kill you too, you know? <laughs> It's hard, oh, absolutely. Hard to... And I think that's another amazing character, Stephen yeah. Ogg. Now, I, I didn't play GTA, so I don't know his character in GTA. This really, uh, The Walking Dead last season was the first time I'd ever seen this guy. But immediately, I liked his face. As he said in this episode, I have a very expressive face. <laughs> Fuck, he's right. He really does. There's something so fascinating about this guy. And he he has a way of being 
menacing, yet at the same time, he, he, he knows how to find the humor in his performance so that he's a real, he, that guy's a treat to watch on screen. I could watch that face all day long. I think he, and he, and I love that he was, it was such a meta moment where he said, people have told me I have a very expressive face, you know, when he's going on with the doctor, um, possibly one of my favorite little scenes that I've ever seen on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was very meta because you know that he gets told that a lot as an actor. So they just built it right into the script. He, he has to, I mean, the guys, yeah. amazing. so to see him and, but I feel like, there's a certain the, the difference in assholery, as you put it, between um, or assholishness between uh, Simon and Gregory. Shit, Gregory is between Simon and Gregory. One, I feel, is a little more honest in their assholery. You know, uh, Simon yeah. is a little more straightforward, a little more honest, a little more straightforward, whereas Gregory's that weaselly sort. So you can almost respect Simon's dickishness a lot more than you can. Gregory's. I mean, I don't know if I would say straightforward though, because Simon, he wants to keep you off balance. Like, I don't even know if I believe that thing about him not liking gin anymore. Uh, I think he's, yeah, just, he's just an asshole fucking with yeah. you. But the thing is that Gregory's is done out of cowardice. Uh, that's yeah. another difference, you know, and Simon nibbling little. Weed. Yeah. <laughs> and that whole thing between the gin, which we saw earlier, he was drinking the gin um, and then of course his switch to tequila by the end of the episode, because I mean, what a kiss ass, what a gross, bleh, I hate Gregory, which makes me love the character, which is why he's my number three. I liked when uh, <laughs> Simon says he's there to get someone. Gregory's like, so who is it? And he goes, well, get your pointy finger up and I'll tells you. <laughs> 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 and then or when he was like what was it uh, cardamom gelato i can't say it like yeah that was awesome that was, pretty that was awesome <laughs> um and then that whole thing with bringing in the crate i mean okay what did you think was in that crate i wasn't even thinking about it and oh i thought it was dr carson i thought oh. it was the charred corpse of dr carson i thought he was gonna say something like uh Something to the effect of, look, I'm not going to leave you without a doctor. Here's the other Dr. Carson. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't. That that, that would have been a little, little gross, a yeah. little grim. Yeah. Um, the aspirin it, was another. It was a good little jab. I mean, I almost thought, wow, that's a lot of aspirin. That's awesome. But, you know, it's no substitute no, for a doctor, obviously. <laughs> but I, I did, you know, I find myself in the position of someone dealing with the saviors where the, just the way Negan wants, like, um, you know, I thought, Oh, well, that's pretty nice that they brought something. And when, uh, Rick, uh, Negan was going to force Rick to cut Carl's arm off and then he di didn't make him do it. You know, I felt like, Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for not making me do that. That's what they want. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they yeah. want you to yeah. be, a, I don't know, appreciative that they didn't do as bad as they could, I guess. <clears throat> You know, you brought up that scene. Do you know what the first thing that popped into my head was? The whole, you know, Rick having to cut off mm -hmm. uh, Carl's arm. All I could think about was the giant snot bubble that came out of Rick's nose. I know. That's seriously. I'm still. That it's been how long since that episode? That's the first you see thing something that like that. And and uh, it's like it, the level of acting you feel like has gone up and not awesome. silly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think it was, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, it distracted me, right. but it was like, Oh my God, dude, you're really, whew, he's fucked fuck up. Yeah. Man. You're getting into this. This is good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but 
seriously, it's in my head. That's not. I bubble. know absolutely. <laughs> that scene it, it, it had me more on edge than anything else in that episode. Oh no, me too. That one. Ooh, I did not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, I'm like thinking, oh my god, one eye, one arm. This poor fucking kid. <laughs> when uh, so we had that panel with. Uh, Andrew Lincoln in London and Chandler Riggs was a surprise guest. He came out halfway and oh, uh, really? I forget if I said this on the podcast, but I was like to, I said to Andrew Lincoln after Chandler sat down, I'm like, we, we really thought it would be good to have uh, Chandler up here because we want you to cut his arm off right now. <laughs> I, no, I don't think you mentioned that. And he's got a scared look on his face. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, my turn. Number three. So this episode had a lot of clearing the air between people to people getting Mm. clean with each other, getting their withholds out of the way, getting out in the open, anything that they were withholding, that's creating a barrier Um, that doing that can make it easier to be around someone and work with them and be aligned and, you know, just be supportive of each other. So the first example is Maggie and Daryl. I really love that scene. I, uh, oh, yeah. Maggie said, would you look at me? And Daryl couldn't say anything, but I'm sorry. As soon as he caught her eye and he'd been avoiding it and he may have continued to avoid eye contact forever, but, uh, she called him out and he said he was sorry. And I really feel like that needed to happen for them to get clear with each other. And it was a beautiful scene and she forgave him. And yeah. And, and I thought, you know, when, uh, Daryl first punched that guy and then he, when it was Negan punched Negan and then he killed, uh, Glenn, I thought, well, this is going to have to, there's going to be a reckoning for this between Daryl and Maggie. And they found a way to do it. That was really interesting. They're forced together into this pantry and there was a tense scene of them almost being discovered. And, and then they had this really touching scene and it made me almost cry and then it was over and now we're done with that. So I just thought it was a beautiful way to resolve that whole thing. I I adored that scene. I really <laughs> did. And and it's it's I am <clears throat> it's no secret that I'm not a fan of Daryl in any way, shape, or form. And lately I, I I've almost been kind of sad that his character has been so minimized in the show, and that's kind of bummed me out. This scene I don't know, you know, kind of redeemed Norman Reedus for me in a big way. He was it great. Was so well acted. Yeah, so vulnerable. He really was. Yeah. It was. It was a very vulnerable performance. But also, Maggie is really displaying the real traits of a hell of a leader. And and throughout this entire series, we've seen so many different examples of leadership uh, going all the way back to the beginning. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. Shane versus Rick versus this, the governor, the, you know, different styles of leadership. Mm -hmm. And Maggie almost to me feels like the idealized version of Rick. Like, interesting. um, Yeah. If Rick hasn't had a chance to prove herself yet, but she's in that direction right now, right? Well, she seems like she's been going in that direction and she seems to be handling it with more compassion, less uh, hallucinations. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it's just, and she has had a chance to to prove herself somewhat because, like, the time she gathered everyone and got that big tractor and ran over all the zombies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, or she's even done what she did stuff, in Alexandria yeah. when she's worked with Deanna back in. You know, yeah. so they, I think and they've done a very Gregory. good job. Yeah, I take that back. Dealt yeah. with Gregory. 
I think they've done a good job of building Maggie up to being this leader. And to the point where even, again, Rick entrusted Maggie to, to be the one to to kind of parlay with, with Gregory because he knew that if he went in there, he was going to kill him. So <laughs> she is the more level-headed version of Rick in terms of leadership style. And seeing her deal with Daryl, you know, when we first saw him, when he put his head down, he was looking all sad and she goes out and brings him dinner. You know that had to be hard for her. I mean, it's the it's the giant elephant in the room that he is, you know, whatever she says, he is still responsible in, in some ways for, for Glenn's death. And right. she knows he feels guilty about it. She obviously sees he has prostrated himself in so many different ways it's not even funny. Uh, I, I think she sees that he's he's already suffering so much. She knows about what he went through. Uh, at the hands of the saviors uh, and that he has suffered under the saviors as well uh, in the same way that she has, except you know, she lost Glenn. She but, knows um, he has a good heart and that his heart was in the right place. Yeah. And, and yeah. still, I don't think that I would be able to complete. She really seems clear with it. She seems to be honestly yeah. having, and I, I don't think I could be that completely forgiving of someone, even though I, if I knew it wasn't their fault. But the interesting thing was, you know, right after Daryl almost knifed this guy who was coming down into the pantry, uh, she said, you were going to kill him. And then later she said, I wanted to kill that guy too. I wanted to yeah. string them all up yeah. and watch them die, but we have to win. Help me win. And basically yeah. she's saying, you need to calm down and think and not act so rashly. So she, even in her forgiveness, I think she, at least it seemed to me, she was sort of rebuking him for the way he acted with Negan that got Glenn killed and flying off the yeah. handle, but in a really gentle, supportive way. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, look, all that points to the fact she's going to be a fucking great mom. Right. <laughs> seriously yeah. it really does i mean and yeah. that is being a great leader in so yeah. many different ways absolutely um i thought she was fantastic so i and i gotta you know look i'll hand it to lauren cohen there were some seasons earlier on where i thought oh god is she really I don't is know she capable of yeah playing this because you knew how it was going to play out later who knew how it was going to be going in yeah, but me too. um i'm happy to see that i think uh her acting and who she has become as a character has is really really gelled very very well and i think the uh, the death of glenn is the same way in the comic there may be another thing that happened that really gelled their character as well but this i think really helps solidify her as as the true leader that mm -hmm. she is becoming and i and i love it and i love that it's actually being recognized within the show in terms of how enid's treating her how the, how the people of hilltop jesus, yeah. and and jesus and also gregory making his little shady deal with simon Right about well, you know, people might be trying to blah blah blah. Even he recognizes it, and the show is so. I think that's solid and good. Yeah, that was a little weird. Like, why, why not? You know, Gregory sort of hints, "Hey, I'm afraid someone might be trying to take over." Then he said, "Well, I don't know who, but you never know." But you'd think Simon might want to get a little more information about that right on the spot. So I didn't quite understand why invite him to sanctuary. And also what was on the little piece of paper that he handed him like a little quick map to sanctuary or I think it was just like a code word or something. Okay. Maybe. But how does he know? He said, I don't Say know how to is. find you. I, I guess maybe know. he does know how to get there now. I don't know. I don't know. 
But that that whole thing, I think that was also. I don't think he realized the implications of what he was saying. I think he just said it because he's such a narcissistic weenie that he just can't help but complain. Oh, there are people who are trying <laughs> to take me out. And he's like, really? And I think he was like, oh, 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 I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, um, my take on it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We'll see. Just but I, I hope Gregory nice. does go to <laughs> Sanctuary because I want to see what happens when he gets there. Okay. Then, oh, my God. The sniveling. God. Yeah. <laughs> my, next. Uh, so uh, there's another example of clearing the air is with Sasha oh, yeah. and Rosita. So yeah. they are kind of at odds. And seeing that necklace that she made for Abraham on Sasha's neck really just pissed her off. Rosita. And Sasha's trying to get her to be friendly, but she's saying, no, she doesn't want to have anything to do with that. So uh, they're, then they're arguing about tactics and everything. So they're really against each other and their walls are up. But then um, when Sasha says, you know, they're lucky to have you, Rosita, because you know how to do everything. That's really when it softens. And then Rosita shows her how to make a knot and it softens a little more. And then Rosita just lets the barrier down and lets yeah. us know that, she knows all this stuff, how to disarm bombs, make knots, work on cars from ex-boyfriends in the zombie apocalypse. Now, you asked an interesting question. Yeah, you asked an interesting question on Facebook. I liked it that you asked that. I was wondering what she learned from Spencer. How to steal supplies. <laughs> and why not? Yeah, I will see. I was asking on Facebook uh, in our in our Patreon group, you know, did it bother the women at all that uh, she learned all that stuff from boyfriends rather than learning it the way they did, you know, just by learning it, however. But I, when I asked that, I was under the impression that she learned all that stuff pre-apocalypse. Um, and even then... I was too, actually. It's fine. I was enlightened with that. Yeah, well. it's fine to learn, learn, but it's it's interesting. I love it. It's a great plot development, but I actually think it's better that it happened after. And the way I figured out that it happened after is because when she said, uh, you know, and the sex was just for fun, I think everyone should get their rocks off after the end of the world or something. So it, it put all the, that stuff after. And then it's even more interesting that, oh yeah, she just suddenly found herself in this world where she didn't know how to defend herself. So she just learned from yeah. all these guys that she was dating and she's a beautiful woman. And so that's totally cool. Um, but anyways, with Sasha and, and Rosita, well, you had something you want to say about that? No, about other than, other than the fact that, uh, I guess that explains also why Rosita was okay with Eugene watching her and Abraham going at it. She's probably like, well, everybody has to get their rocks off. I'm not touching them, but he can watch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hey, who am I to judge? Um, but, uh, then she said that she liked Abraham because he saw her for what she, 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 he knew that she could handle her shit. And that was the first guy that was with her because of all that stuff that she could do. Hmm. And she fell for him and never looked back. And she also said something about how, when they got to Alexandria, Abraham turned out to be all good, but she, she couldn't quite be that way. And then after he left her for Sasha, she thought she hated Sasha, but, and I think she was realizing this just in the moment, maybe she just hated it that she figured out his shit first. So I think that whole mm. thing was her just, you know, the whole point of clearing the air when you, when you finally just say something sometimes to a person that have been unsaid it can just be like a weight lifted off of you and right after that 
they're saying, you know, no matter how this all goes down, I've got your back, I've got yours. So they're fully in support of one another. So it was, it was just, I really like the arc of that whole, um, thing where they were started off hating each other, or at least Rosita hated her and then how it ended up. I thought it was very nicely done. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, like I said, that's one part of this episode I really did enjoy. And as we've been talking through this, I'm like, there was a lot about this episode I did enjoy. So, <laughs> and then the very last the one way. is, um, just probably to a lesser extent, but Jesus and Maggie, there was a little bit of a, a moment between them where that was great. too. He, yeah. yeah. He tells her, you know, that being at Hilltop is the first time he feels like he's belonged. And it wasn't even until Sasha and Maggie yeah. got there that he felt that way. And then he uh, pretty much directly s- reveals to her that he's gay in a way that, you know, it's clear that he's divulging something that he doesn't go around yeah. broadcasting. And she smiled at it, which was a very nice moment. And by the way, gay Jesus, I love Robert Kirkman for making making a gay Jesus. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, that is... Look, Jesus is gay in the comics. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is this is canon as far as the character is concerned. And and I know there are some people I've read online who got upset about it, you know, and it's like, really? Um, but I, that's ridiculous. I think it's 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 wonderful that that you know, this is the character. It, he's still a fucking badass. Yeah. It's the greatest thing. He's, he's so badass. cool. I mean, Jesus is a, a, an absolute badass ninja that everybody loves. And, you know, look, sorry, ladies, those eyes are not looking at you. You know, that's just <laughs> the way it goes. <laughs> but Tom Payne's very hetero, so you might have a chance there. As far Did he as make I a know. point of that? Actually, I don't know for sure, but I think he has you don't a know girlfriend. That. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I think he said so. Anyway, um, he is so beautiful. Oh. <laughs> so Jesus really also revealed that he grew up in a group home. Is that a I like really that a lot specific yeah. thing? Like, is it an orphanage or? Yeah, it's basically like a, an orphanage. I think okay. that's exactly what he was saying. That he. But I wonder yeah, if it's yeah. not exactly what it seems, or if it's. Yeah, I hope we get no, more I, information on that. No, I think that's what I think. He's just an orphan. Okay. I don't. I mean, I don't. Are there really group homes anymore? I mean, I think of that. I think of Little Orphan Annie. I don't know if that really, or some yeah. Charles Dickens thing. Right. I mean, I I wondered if that was sort of a euphemism. I mean, I don't know. You know, he's really interesting because he has all, care. all these skills and he looks like Jesus. <laughs> he's gay. <laughs> I, yeah. He, he, <laughs> oh, I don't want to get into the whole. <laughs> What's up with this guy? Blue-eyed Jesus thing. Come on, but, he's from from Bethlehem. He's yeah. not. Doesn't have blue eyes. But I really liked it. I, I liked like that moment being. between them, and you could feel that he doesn't let himself oh, get that sweet. close. He even said so. But that was a yeah. vulnerable moment. So those are those are. I, there were a few examples in this episode of people just letting their barriers down with each yeah. other, and I thought it was beautiful. And it was sweet that he he made the point that what made him feel connected to it was being an advocate for Sasha and, you know, uh, Sasha and right. that he needed, it was almost like he needed a cause worth fighting for in order to feel truly at home. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool. That's pretty damn cool. And, and that was, yeah, that was awesome. And like, this is a very character driven uh, episode. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people have. If they have complaints about it as being slower or, or, you know, again, my little 3.0 or two is notching up a bit here. 
um, <clears throat> these are these character-driven sort of things that I think you do need in order to care about a character. And learning a little mm-hmm. bit about Rosita so we don't have questions about why she could defuse a bomb, that's good. And these episodes can easily tip into soap opera-ville, but I really feel like this one didn't. I think they did a good job not only of making it the moments feel earned and real, but infusing enough tension in there that it was exciting. I mean, it wasn't the most tense episode, but every episode can't be the most. It actually tense. diffused tension. This one diffused some tension. Well, I mean, bringing some new, one, new yeah, bits in. But I mean, you know, the yeah. the tension of wondering whether that guy was going to discover Maggie and uh, yeah. Daryl, yeah. or you know, just a little bit when Rosita and uh, uh, Sasha were hot wearing that car at the last second and setting the other car on That's fire my, or whatever stuff like that. That is my one big piece of bullshit. Oh on yeah, this one, yeah. I gotta say. <laughs> no, okay. oh, come on. Enough with the cars. This is ridiculous. I that know, battery would be so fucking dead. It's not even funny. The and gas, no gas is separated. Whatever. That's true. I know you guys are getting rid of the Department of Suspension. No, we're not. I don't know where Karen got that. I love it. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm like, you need that, yeah. man. Um, because that one, that one, I'm like, oh no, cut, fuck, cut. Mm. All right, you know, you let it go. But <laughs> would there actually be any gas in any car at this point? Rhetorical, okay. <laughs> okay, it's your turn. <laughs> Shit, what are we on? Two, right? Uh, We're yeah, on number two. two. Simon, we already covered it. What's your number two? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I had Rosita, Sasha, buddy picture. You know, I, I think we pretty much all covered all that stuff. I, the only thing is I can't stop thinking about how cruelly Abraham dumped Rosita. And oh, he was then dickhead Sasha and yeah. Abraham, I thought, had zero chemistry. So all of that just puts a damper on any of this stuff because it's like he was such a dick and, and I didn't think he, I really didn't believe Sasha liked him. So I can't stop thinking about that. And it puts a damper on it. That's all. Yeah. What was it? I thought you were the last woman on earth. And then I found out you weren't. weren't. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. What an asshole. (laughs) So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, love makes people do crazy things. But, uh, that's you know. true. <laughs> and I think we all have met a friend who's head over heels over somebody that you have to look at and go, really? Dude, I don't see it, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. That's the way it goes. It just seemed like he was really into her before that, though. You know, he was romantic with her. and I know. So I know. She she shaved him so he could be dolphin smooth the way that she liked. <laughs> I mean there were there were so many things. They they shared Eugene uh being a voyeur on that, you know. <laughs> That's a bonding experience. I I mean that seemed like a soap opera moment when he said that because soap operas uh will have people acting completely out of character just for drama's sake. And well mother dick. <laughs> Look, bottom line is everything about Abraham he is probably the most comic book character. Him and Michonne and Negan now maybe the most comic book characters in this entire show. Eugene's right? up so there. So Eugene is up there. I mean, we can pull out a few other ones too. But really, Shiva Abraham has. <laughs> That's the shit that even Robert Kirkman thought would never get into a I TV love show. 
Uh, I got a kick out of that. But but Abraham, from the moment we saw him, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? The way this guy talks? But yeah. okay. okay. And he become beloved. You know, they all become beloved. So I liked him. It, it was weird. I liked him better after this episode, the way Rosita talked about why she fell in love with him. That was pretty cool. Yeah. No. I'm, I Actually, I love Abraham. I mean, I'm, it made it sound like I didn't, but I love the comics. So I do love Abraham. Mm. I thought he was a great character. All right. Yeah. Number one. Maggie and Daryl, hmm. which we've talked ad nauseum about. Okay. What's your number one, man? Mine was uh, Eugene, so I think we're done with that. Ooh, we really have, yeah. Notes? Uh, I talked about Jesus opening up and Enid. Those are my two notes. So, again, we already covered that. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, it seems like... It, You're um, stacking your notes again. I know you. You guys just talked about this, you and Karen. It seems like almost every time the saviors go anywhere, it's an unexpected visit. Oh, we didn't expect you. That's true. I mean, are, do they normally so have the schedule? Work, I think they just like to surprise people. Well, they do. We saw that with the, the kingdom, right? If you abide oh, by yeah, their shit. Yeah. I guess that's true. Well, they just, they needed to switch doctors. They needed their spare Carson. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> when the savior, this is my entry into the department of suspension disbelief this week when the savior goes yeah. down in the basement and there's tension because maggie and daryl are hiding close by the light was just shining right on maggie's face right this on big giant opening <laughs> it's like she's right you know if they pulled the camera back he would just be looking right at her hey what's up yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean that's just so we i thought can the see same what's going thing on but it's kind of silly I thought it was funny that it wasn't completely surprising to Dr. Carson that his brother pissed someone off and got himself killed. He seemed like a bit of a dick. Yeah. And the yeah. last <laughs> is it ended on a cliffhanger, which, uh, Oh, that's right. I was like, yeah. Oh no. But, um, I'm glad we is only have to wait a week. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think it was probably Dwight, right? He has, the, I think it's Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. He has the uh, vest and the crossbow. But Sasha but, goes in and there's gunshots and screaming too. So it seemed like she got right into the action there. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't really talk much about that end. I, I you're right. Uh, um, God, all that stuff with Sasha running in there. I mean, of course she locks out Rosita. And then as you just said, she goes in, there's a lot of shooting and mm. screaming. So she gets that going right away. Obviously this is not going to go well for Sasha. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think so. Um, and great. Hopefully she picks up, the savior's weapons to use those Rosita takes off. Yeah. Sees the, is it Dwight? Is it Daryl? That's a great. Now we had the whole scene about Daryl saying he was going to go after them, but it seemed like that would be really fast for him to get there, which is why I think it's Dwight. Yeah. Um, now of course we have Dwight who's already seemingly unhappy with what's going on in the sanctuary. What is he going to do? Right. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he'll he'll join up with them. Who knows? We don't know, but we'll find out next week rather than having to wait six months like last time. So that's good. So how how many episodes are left? Two, right? Yep. Okay, so two more episodes. Wow. Seems like it went really quick for whatever. I know. Said. <laughs> like I'm not ready for it to be over. I don't know why. Which is a no. A no I'm kind of not either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us.
It is. It's a fantastic milestone. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll do like we did and have Andrew Lincoln on for their 100th. Ooh, maybe. Or <laughs> epi- issue 100 of The Walking Dead had the death of Glenn. <laughs> they'll bring him back and kill him again. <laughs> they'll bring um, Black and kill him again. <laughs> so like he's already been busy writing season eight. He says uh, the first episode, I think, is less about that we've reached 100 episodes. It's more about setting up the next 100 episodes. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Some people think the best thing Walking Dead could do is announce an end date. And I... That would be me. I think that might be good. Uh, Even if it was like three more seasons or something. That's fine. Yeah. Just announce an end date. I I think it does wonders for shows. Lost... Um, They're like, okay, 10 more years, and then we're ending it. <laughs> uh, I think Three that's what they be. might say. You know, yeah. I think at least Galen Hurd would say that, right? right. 20 years, we're going to be like the Simpsons of zombie shows. And, <laughs> yeah. oh. Do you want to hear what Scott Gimple told Entertainment Weekly about the season seven finale? No. No? Yes, of course I want to hear <laughs> I mean, what it is. Say this stuff. He said, I, I just think it's everything. It's everything and the kitchen sink. It is exciting and it's very emotional and I believe it's funny in a couple parts and it builds and builds and builds and it explodes into a giant mass of arms and legs. No, he didn't say that. He said, and though <laughs> it promises more because there's a whole lot to get to, there is an ending. It really is just a huge episode. And as much as it has all the flavors of this season, it is taking your cup and going down each soda jet and taking a little from each one and then throwing in some hot sauce, a little bit of lime, and then maybe a tiny bit of tequila as well. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Did they really say that? Yes. I know. Not for fuck's sake. Okay. Look, Look, Walking Dead does one thing, two things very well. Two things very well. They do great season premieres. They do amazing season finales. Yeah, usually. It's usually. Yeah. But for the most part, they fucking stick. The, they, they they draw you in and they keep you wanting. I mean, and it's that's what keeps us all here. Yeah. It's, it's the momentum in the middle that sometimes gets a little muddy. Sometimes. That gets people bitching and complaining sometimes. <laughs> um. 
But look, they really do stick those landings. And and for the most part, again, you know, uh, famously, what, season three, season finale, the one where you're shot in the yeah, head, I believe, was the so one great. that a lot of people you know, groan. Even and, last and season about. finale. I liked it. I got to see you shot in the head. I thought it was, <laughs> that was great. Pretty awesome. I'm kidding. Even the last, <laughs> the, <laughs> the last season, uh, I, get, I get that. The last season was okay. I mean, I loved the end part, but um, before that, I was just... It wasn't the best. Yeah. Season six. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but this season, season seven, I actually like this season a lot more than I think most people do. I don't have any complaints about episodes with just a few people. I love when they do that. Um, there were a couple episodes in there that weren't that great, but I think more often than not, they were really good and maybe it'll hold up better in a binging session. I think so. And I, I, I have been one of the people complaining about the, the focused episodes, but I, I totally recognized in a binging situation. And as Scott Gimple has to do, looking at it from a very top down sort of look as far as the whole versus the, the individual, I think he's playing the right game because I think um, much like comic books, which this is based off of very often, you get a very strong intro to the beginning of an arc with some filler episodes issues sometimes in the middle and at the end of issue six where you close out the arc it wraps everything up this is classic comic book style and and it makes sense for this and i also think they do a great job of giving us different flavors like that eugene episode which only had eugene was really interesting you know and no, and I'm I'm a total hypocrite on. I'll, I will go back <laughs> and forth on this, where I'm like I'm critical of it, but at the same time I get it. Yeah, I really do. I mean, it's if they just never went back and had these big epic group episodes, then that would be not acceptable. <laughs> but if they just can't have them all be like that, in my opinion. You know, and one other thing that I think I, I got to throw this out there for whatever stupid reason, um, I don't think enough credit is given to the fact that. The Walking Dead has done something that I think no other TV show has ever done, which is, in fact, bring a horror genre TV show and spread it out over this many seasons. No. And even have such a I huge audience. I can't think audience. of a one. No way. And to have such a huge audience. Yeah. I mean, it's got its complaints. It has its detractors. Uh, I have my complaints. And and look, you got to respect it for what it is. And it's actually... it's it's not only completely legitimize the entire zombie genre to the point of overkill, um, horror as a, as a whole is finally being represented in a weekly TV show. Who'd have thunk? It's changed the landscape of TV too, I think, you know, for better or I worse. So. Uh, things have gotten a lot more gruesome. Well, when it comes to the zombie genre specifically, usually whatever spins off is way worse. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some zombies, but oh, there's some bad shit out yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, Ash versus Evil Dead is grosser than oh. anything, but it's great. Have I, I don't even, th- I, you and I have not talked much lately, but you do, I mean, you may not realize this. I love that show so much, and I love Ash versus the Evil Dead cast with. Uh, oh, you should come on uh, sometime. You, then. Richard, and Chris. Yeah. I have listened to every single oh, episode. Nice. I absolutely love it. I love that show. Uh, Mrs. Blog and I are all over that show. Yeah. I mean, that's that is one of my favorite shows that is out right now. Oh my God, people! Ash versus Evil Dead, awesome, so much fun. Yeah, oh, love it. Next, here are some comic booky things in honor of Mr. Blog being here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, they're a little, they're kind of spoilery for the comics. So if you don't want to hear spoilers about the comics, you should just move on to the next segment here. Cause these are the last two items. So, uh, we didn't notice it back then, but in season three's clear, the famous episode, Morgan told Rick, yeah. he had seen quote people wearing dead people's faces. Oh, did he really say that? Apparently I just read that. Huh? Interesting. So. Uh, Interesting. They asked Lenny James if, uh, you know, he was referring, if Morgan was referring to the whispers and he said he didn't know. He didn't know what he told him. No, he wouldn't know. Shit. He gets a script. He has no clue. <laughs> but that episode aired in March, 2013 and the, and the whispers first appeared in walking dead, uh, in August, 2014 in the comic a year later. So, uh, yeah, it could just yeah, be a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. he was crazy and everything. Well, maybe that's just one of those things that the, the writers thought, well, that's what people would do. Um, yeah, and I don't want to get into the comics, but that's that's interesting. Or he hmm. could have been talking, you know, just about his wife's face or something like that. Who knows? Oh, but it's interesting. Now, this one yeah. is very spoilery for someone's death in the comics. So if you don't want to know who died in the comics, you should move along. So who died in the comics recently was Father Gabriel. <laughs> oh jesus seth gilliam yeah, had some did. things to say about he died but before i say what he said can you describe how father gabriel died oh my goodness yes um so father gabriel was meant to get up on a water tower to be a lookout for when this potential ocean of zombies uh from the whispers is going to come to overrun alexandria and he basically freaks out when he sees them coming, starts scampering down the ladder, slips on the ladder and ends up falling and breaking his leg while hanging upside down. So he's got a compound fracture on his leg. Yeah. Compound fracture out of his leg, hanging upside down from this ladder. Beta, the second in command of the whispers comes up to him with a mob of zombies behind him. Basically saying, yeah, you're you're fucked, dude. Ha ha ha. I forget what exactly he says. It's been a while. I didn't expect him to talk about this right now. And zombies just eat him as he hangs upside down. <laughs> and I think it was like a four-page sequence or something. It really was. It was a very long sequence. And the, you just see the, like, ripped apart shreds of his body afterwards. It, is, it was truly one of the more gruesome scenes uh, that the comic has shown in quite some time. Uh, which was the beginning of the Whisperer War. So it was, that was... Whew. It was, <laughs> was gruesome and kind of silly, ones. like, because he tripped off of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if, uh, you know, so often recently we keep hearing about uh, Yakety Sax, you know, the Benny Hill theme song, uh, which would perfectly <laughs> right. play under the... But it was very gruesome at the same time. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was... Oof. So Seth Gilliam told Brandon Davis on comicbook.com, quote, two 13-year-old kids came over so eager to show me this thing, the comic, I guess. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. It's not over yet. He's what? He breaks his ankle and then he gets a stomach cut or he gets his throat slit. Then he gets fed to the bone. I think it's actually more a more dramatic death than Glenn, though. Glenn trying to gurgle out Maggie with the bat is hardcore. But I think hanging upside down with the whispers, I think that's more than a worthy death man. 
That's like Fuck yeah, it three is. deaths in one. I don't know how we would oh, play yeah. it. I would definitely lose my voice before the throat was cut, but I think that would be the coolest way Father Gabriel could go. He's eaten to the bone. Literally, he's hanging there. So he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and I I understand Stephen Young said, said something very oh, yeah. similar about his death. If you're going to go out, you, I would want it to be spectacular. Oh, of course, yeah. for sure. And, and, and I, it, oh God, it's. That's cool. I, and I'm thinking, I'm like, would that be season nine or season 10? And I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, dear God. Because really, it would be either season nine or season 10. And I'm thinking season 10 pace, for when yeah. that would happen at the current pace mm-hmm. if they keep going as they're going. But um, yeah, thank you for bringing up the comics, which, you know, you can, you can of course, hear me discuss The Walking Dead uh, comic book on Under the Comic Covers once a month. I'm Go to, <laughs> I to do the pitch yeah, real well, quick. Go to podcastica.com. You can click on absolutely yeah and you'll go right which i dude i have got to say thank you to the walking dead cast listeners um you guys have seriously in my last two appearances with karen your listeners jason have come through for me and they have really been coming on to under the comic covers they've been downloading i went back to the they're going all the way back to the beginning three years ago to under the comic covers and downloading episodes of the walking dead to listen to us. Also sex criminals. You guys seem to be interested in sex criminals as well. You <laughs> freaky kinky bastards. I love one. you, but well, it is a good one. You know and, why and that a lot happened? of people have been, it's because, uh, you kicked ass when you came on the podcast. So it's your thank fault. Thank you. Appreciate it. But re- regardless of that, I just want to thank your listeners because you, you guys are coming through and I think it's fucking cool and I really appreciate it. And this month, uh, Under the Comic Covers has had more downloads this month of, of March 2017 than we have ever had in our three years of of Under the Comic Covers, and that was topped on the 16th day of the month. And I attribute it to to your listeners. So seriously, thank you very much. It's been really cool to have so many new people on board. That's awesome, man. I'm glad because I want it's fucking great. Yeah. We have some great podcasts over there and yours is among the best. So I want everybody to enjoy all those. We're one of the OGs, man. That's right. All right. Yeah. That is it for the news. And well, since we're talking about this, I should know. I don't want to mention this right now because it's in after we kicked everybody out for uh, who didn't want to hear any spoilers. But uh, I'll say it now and I'll say oh, it yeah, again at yeah. the end. Oh, I should. Uh, this week, I'm going to go on to Under the Comic Covers and talk about the movie Logan with Mr. Blog. Yeah. Because Hells yeah. Grace doesn't care about that. Just no interest in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for the news now. Let's get to listener modes, groans, and grunts. Uh, <gasps> all right. Our first uh, listener response here is from Kristen Hal. Hey, Kristen. So, Eugene is really Negan? What is even real anymore? (laughs) This guy murders his best friend and he decides to just roll with it? He can't still be playing the long con, right? Rosita is going to tell the others what he said and did, right? What is happening? (laughs) Uh, I'm going crazy. (laughs) Um, I think he's playing the long con. He's going to give those pills to somebody. He's got to be. He's got to be. I hope not. I have to say, but <laughs> I think he is. Grumbly gunk to the rescue. Mark Kirkman says, I think Eugene is still upset. He doesn't want any more of his friends killed in Alexandria. So he's playing along because he knows his strength at manipulating, quote, not very intelligent people, Negan and the saviors. Hence the grumbly gunk in his pocket all the time. Oh! Eugene is going to make a move sometime soon. Yep. Yeah. 
Ashley Renfro says, I hate to be negative, but I really didn't enjoy the show tonight. It's another episode where I just am not invested in what's going on, and I feel like they are just dragging things out. I was bored all night. And there are a couple of emoji faces that are they are. <laughs> Karen, she says, it worked for me, especially that strong dialogueless cold open with Bear's gorgeous score. It was the best kind of slow episode, which followed up on a lot of questions and developed character. That scene with Maggie and Daryl, ugh, my heart. Also, comic readers can pretty much guess what will happen to Sasha now. I think she'll oh, yeah. get Holly's treatment, right? Yep. And we won't say what that yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think 100%. Absolutely. That would be so cool. Yeah. I, I hope that happens if she's got to go. Uh, that she continues, I also love how they deftly revealed Jesus' sexuality without making a big deal about it in the same way that Glenn was a strong Asian romantic lead. This show is pretty good about character diversity and representation, eschewing stereotypes. Much credit to Kirkman for that. Agreed. Karen, I love that letter. Absolutely. And and thank you very much for the emails. I, I was very happy to learn how to pronounce your name, and I apologize for mispronouncing Me too. previously. <laughs> uh, Robin Springer says, I don't even have words for how much I love this episode. Granted, I tend to be overly emotional, but Maggie loving Daryl enough to forgive him, Jesus revealing himself, and Sasha and Rosita? Girls always gonna bond over loving the same man <laughs> i'm all in my feels over this one because sasha sacrificed herself yeah most likely so you tell it yeah probably, probably <laughs> uh michael Koska said whenever simon and gregory are on screen together i'm always glued something about how those two characters interact is so compelling Gregory with his obsequious demeanor and Simon just toying with him. Great tension between two disingenuous people. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Pake Allen says, hopefully with all the setup in this episode, these last two better be insane. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, even though I liked it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, Kenneth Rosendo says, apparently Sasha and Rosita never saw a buddy cop movie with a stakeout. Gave up in three seconds. Bad buddy cops, bad. <laughs> Staking out until they had to make a move because they heard the Savior's rallying would have been a way better episode. Well, Kenneth, maybe you didn't catch that either, but I think they decided to go in because uh, Eugene over the radio said they yeah. were all those buildings were going to get swept. But I don't know. Although the idea of them eating donuts and like greasy hamburgers <laughs> would be really awesome sitting up there. And all this snappy pattern back and forth. All right, so here we can move into the emails. Uh, first one is from Gary. Hi. As far as this upcoming war with Negan, it would be nice if Rick's group could get a few tanks from the nearest army base, or even bazookas. But I guess the writers of the show would feel that would make it too easy. I gotta say, I think I think Negan's people would have probably, or everybody would have stripped that down already. I think that would be gone, but... Have you thought about how they will handle overthrowing Negan? Will they just outright kill him or capture him and then decide what to do? If they do indeed capture him, it would be so neat to see them put Negan in the same cell he kept Daryl in and make Negan listen to Easy Street for a whole week nonstop. That's cruel, man. Damn. Then afterwards, make him sing Easy Street like he made Carl sing a song. After all... What a week of hearing it nonstop. Negan should have the words memorized pretty good by then. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, 
at, at London Walker Stalker, uh, Abby and Mark of the band Isimo, who are, they're also sometimes listeners of this podcast and they're really very I saw this on my Facebook performers. Feed. Yeah. Yeah. So they prepared a version of Easy Street for just for London to play. And I didn't realize it, it was going to be this way, but it was beautiful. They slowed it way down and made it just really nice to listen to. I almost wish it had been just as annoying as, as uh, <laughs> the show. But, uh, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, he reacted. He came over because they were on the second level. Uh, he came over to the railing and just gave them a big giant finger. <laughs> but he had a smile on his face. It was cool. We were trying to get it set up so they could go right over next to Norman and start playing it. But, um, it, it, he had too many people to give autographs to, so we couldn't do it. Ah, oh, it's so funny. That looked great. <laughs> it's fun. Okay, next, Evan Shapiro says, Dear Jason and Karen, I really hate to dis- disagree with you guys, but Karen, I'm sorry I have to regarding your reference to the three pacifists, Ezekiel, Karen, and Morgan, in Bury Me Here. I'll give you Ezekiel and Morgan, but Carol never was, even when she was living in peace. She always had violence in her but hates to let it out. Letting it out was what was destroying her. So she decides to live away from the reasons for violence to defend those she loves. That's why she had to go, but not go. It's not that she doesn't want to be around people. She probably misses that, but wants to avoid getting close to them and feeling the need to protect or avenge them. She reminds me of the Hulk. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. She wants to avoid letting her monster out by avoiding having people to care about. Frankly, Frankly, she seems more healthy about it than Morgan. He denies his beast, but as we see with his flashbacks to his own violent past, he just buried his killer. He doesn't understand it and accept it as part of himself as Carol does. Consequently, she knows what she needs to do to avoid her triggers. Morgan doesn't. His killer instinct is either on or off. Well, I think you just made the point that if you, whether, you know, whatever's inside if you choose the path of peace even if you think it's because you have these triggers or whatever then you're a pacifist pacifist. yeah yeah i think exactly i think uh you just made the point evan that yeah she is a pacifist in in that regard and and you're absolutely right that that is more a more healthy approach to it than than morgan's uh absolute pacifism the thing i think so many people look i've been railed against because I am a avowed or a outspoken pacifist myself. But there are degrees to that. Absolute pacifism is ridiculous. I don't believe in that um, in any way, shape, or form. I really don't. Um, you have a right to defend yourself. There are all sorts of things where, where that breaks down. But Carol, perfectly, that's that's just another form of it. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't always. She she When they first got to Alexandria and Pete Oh no. <laughs> She's like Pete like acted up. She's like we got to kill him. But she changed. Yeah, I look, I one of my favorite sayings of all time, history teaches us one thing. Change is inevitable. <laughs> As the only thing that you can count on, man, it will change. Everything will change and um count on it. So, all right. Ooh, that got weirdly dark. Okay, next uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Next one is from Jennifer Barkley. Love your podcast. I look forward to it all week long. Every Tuesday night, you keep me entertained while I feed my miniature donkeys. <laughs> oh my God, you have miniature donkeys? You need to be kept entertained not read while these. you're doing that? No. <laughs> I know. I did not read these ahead of time. So seriously, this is new to me. Oh my God, you've got little asses. That's awesome. Uh, I need your help. I am a little confused by the reaction or non-reaction of those who witnessed Morgan's rage resulting in the death of Richard. Richard devised a plan on his own to initiate the devise of the saviors. Rosita also went rogue to take down Negan. Neither plan worked and both efforts unfortunately resulted in the death of someone who was well thought of by their group. So why does Rosita get a pass but Richard gets straight to death by Morgan for trying to do a good thing? Richard has been a good and loyal knight for the king. Why did no one jump in to help Richard when the new guy, Morgan, was bashing his head into the concrete? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Hmm. One thing, Rosita went rogue to take down Negan. Um, yeah. But that was a spur-of-the-moment decision based on... Why did she do that? I forget. Well, he was doing something... Cruel. He just killed Spencer. He just killed Spencer. Yeah. So Morgan knew that um, Richard had planned that whole thing out, and it got Benjamin killed. So that might be one thing. But I, I see what you're saying, though, for sure. Yeah. No, I totally mm -hmm. do. I. But I. I think Richard's. Oh God, I wish. Yeah, I wish. I would, I would have loved to have talked about this last week. Richard's whole plan was so premeditated, and it was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, yeah, and he was also. Rosita's more like you know, Daryl was, in this situation. Who I, and I popped think Rosita off and was hit, trying to hit yeah, Negan and yeah. got Glenn killed. You know, it's more like that. A, a crime of passion yeah. versus a crime of, of premeditation. Mm -hmm. And I think with Richard, Richard was also playing with other people's lives. Even though Rosita didn't realize she was doing that, she was she tried to de decapitate the monster, as it were. And she shot him in you the know, in the bat, right? Bat. <laughs> she shot him in the bat. Exactly. Ugh, yeah. Um, and, you know, at the same time, even douchey McDoucher bag, whoever shot Benjamin, um, shot him in the leg. Maybe he didn't think it was going to be a fatal shot or something. But uh, what an asshole that guy was. Sorry. I didn't get to ch talk about last week. I would love to talk about that. <laughs> that was a good Jared. One. Jerk. Yeah. Rat face prick. Total rat face prick. Oh. Okay, next from Brian Mello. I have been very frustrated with the current season. Negan and the Saviors are just not believable at all. I really just do not understand why someone in the Saviors has not just killed Negan yet and took power. He has no loyal guard. He's alone with people who hate him quite often. One of his best men stole his wife, goodness sake. The people living in the Savior compound did not seem to be treated well. They constantly are poking communities that are supposed to give tribute, asking them for, to either run away or fight back. You never see this in history. Usually the dictator is surrounded by a fanatically loyal guard at all times. The dictator is paranoid and would never have people in a trusted inner circle who have some obvious motive to kill him. There should be a savior police force at every settlement as well enforcing Negan's rule. I've heard that Negan is one of the best villains in the comics, but for the reasons above, I think the governor is much more believable and mm. makes more sense than Negan. So my question to you is, and he had addressed this right to you, uh, Mr. Blog. Does the, sh okay. does the show actually present Negan like the comics? Do the comics show the savior community at all? 
I guess I would love a synopsis of the Savior Society and interaction with the various communities in the comics to see how they compare with the show. In this case, maybe knowing what the Saviors are supposed to be like would allow me to enjoy the show more. Thanks, Brian from Maryland. Okay, so are we going to say that at this point we're into like a little more spoiler territory? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, if you really don't want to hear about the comics, there is no comic talk this week, so this would be the most comic yeah. talky okay. of all of it. Here, well, why don't yeah, we just I mean, go, why yeah. don't we go on? Because there's calls, too. So keep this in mind, and then uh, Mr. Blog will answer it after we do a couple of calls and one more email. Because so, it'll be a Sounds little spoiler good. from the comics. I should have put it at the end, but this will be fine. Yeah, so, no, I, don't, I just don't want to, I don't want right. to mess with people on that. So, so. go ahead, let's yeah. just go through these next couple. Okay. Uh, it looks like our last email here is from Spencer Lewis. I love when, really kind of weird for me to read this one. Uh, I love when Mr. Blog can join during this week's podcast. He kind of alluded to his thoughts on this season since we may not hear from him for a while. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) Could he share his thoughts on the first half of the season? Oh, uh, my first half of the season. Um, I, I really did like the first episode. Um, quite a bit. I'm trying to remember. Actually, it's been a while since that first half of the season. I'm trying to remember kind of where it went. Yeah, the, the, just Negan having everybody under his thumb and going around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do think they overdid it a bit with the Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. I've been very happy in this half season that we've kind of got limited amounts of that. I think uh, too much Negan is a bad thing. To be perfectly honest, and I think that first season was rife with it. That's right. We got the whole Olivia Spencer thing, the gutting, which I did like that very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, his performance, I felt, was a little too over the top, but I think that's also just a an actor getting too into this. over the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, with the leaning back and the, you know, so it's, it's, um, I think it's also an actor kind of getting his groove on with a character and maybe it didn't quite work as well as some of us would have liked. Um, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I did enjoy it. And I think, you know, also knowing, look, I gotta say this as a comic reader, what's coming up in the comic in the future is so much better than anything that has almost happened in the past. So I'm, uh, I have a lot of faith that things are moving in the right direction and, and, and it's pretty cool. I, I didn't, that performance bummed me out a little bit. The development of Dwight really excited me. I think, uh, what's his name? Austin Emilio. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yep. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really like that guy. Me so uh, the the more we focus on characters and character development, I think the show is is really, really good. Um, And yeah, I, I guess, does that answer your question, Spencer? I hope so. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, you know. Cool. <laughs> that's so milk toast, isn't it? I, I don't know. I feel it's no. Very... That's sounds honest. Yeah, I don't do any other speed, man. <laughs> All right, here's Corey from Georgia. What's up, y'all? It's Corey from down here in the south, <laughs> south of Georgia, where they film The Walking Dead. Want to give you guys a big props. Uh, I'm driving down the road right now, safely, and. Uh, you guys do a great job of what you do on this podcast. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Thank you. Well, I'm driving around here and uh, always wait for your recaps of what has happened. So I uh, that episode last night was a little bit kind of drawn out, days of our lives kind of. I, uh, <laughs> Sasha, 
in her own season. <laughs> part was fun to think that they were going to go kick some ass, but they just kind of kept going back and forth and uh, didn't really get anywhere with it. I hope uh, they do something, but now they're split up, and Rosita looks to have either run into Dwight or somebody that looks like Daryl. There's no way Daryl could get there in that amount of That's time. That's Dwight, correct? man. And now yeah. Sasha's inside of a building with thousands of saviors, <laughs> so she's about to go full Sasha on people. I don't, I don't quite get the mentality of that. Uh, anyways, um, I appreciate what you guys do. Thanks so much, and I'm a first-time caller, so I'm going to give you my best uh, brains, uh, southern nice. y'all drawl <laughs> zombie call. So here it goes. <laughs> that's fucking awesome yeah all right now we can go back to brian mellow's email where he wants you to talk about the saviors in comics and if that can help you understand the ones in the show or not okay well shit um we do not know as much about the saviors in the comic as we actually do in the show the show has done a better job of giving us more of of more of the saviors however currently in the comics we have oh i can't even get into that that's going to be super spoiler i'm not even going to get into that sorry um yeah i wouldn't get into that but i mean i I was thinking of them like the mob but um because they always go the mob supposedly i mean the only thing i know from about the mob is from movies and tv sure. but you and know, you haven't even seen the godfather they go <laughs> they go around <laughs> and they hey, i've seen goodfellas and sopranos um that's a great movie they go oh, around goodfellas and you know bully people and steal their money yeah. on a regular basis so negan and his people do that too but this email that you wrote brian it really does bring home that he's just kind of a dick to everybody and i think in the mob it's more like you know you got your buddies and your family around you and yeah the, the, the loyalty is really important and trust so you have a good point i mean i think uh, it's what karen was saying before that this kind of thing is not shouldn't be very sustainable so i think there's a little bit of suspension no. of belief required here and i have to say with the comic look you're you're dealing with somebody who is very much a comic book character negan is larger than life he basically represents the saviors like i said we don't really get a sense in the comic of the saviors themselves on any sort of individual basis with the exception of dwight uh maybe a couple of other ones and, and that doesn't even happen until later for the most part it is negan so how it compares to the show, the show is doing, I think, a better job of fleshing out other characters, of fleshing out this organization, this almost mafia-like organization that they have over everybody else. But in the comic, it is very much Negan, 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 Negan. Yeah. Yeah. The show does a better job of it, I mean, in terms of organization. Right. Especially that uh, episode a few episodes ago showing the inside of the Savior compound. I guess that was the Eugene one, right? Absolutely. But even the last episode with all the cantaloupes and, and yeah. the way that the, the outside organization were, you know, it's it's it, it shows a different level that we don't see in the comics and the comics. I always felt, you know, when we were confronted with the saviors, it was confronting Negan. All right. Hope that answers your question. Now, let's move along so. to next week on The Walking Dead next week, season seven, episode 15 something they need what do they need they need the cure for the zombie apocalypse 
<laughs> well, need, Rick needs guns. They need right? a tank. Yeah. Um, it says a group of Alexandrians embark on a journey. One member of the group must make a heartbreaking decision. Interesting. Uh, I saw the teasers. It looks like the ocean. I did not. Ocean ciders. This is spoilery okay. section. You guys don't want spoilers. Move along. But ocean ciders are in this episode. Some of them anyway. And the teaser, there was two teasers. One showed Maggie and Gregory. She was gardening. He asks her why she's Ooh. still there with Dr. Carson gone, which I thought, yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. And I think the answer is that she feels like she's going to become the leader of the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, because <laughs> she's made it home. You, yeah. I mean, I would think by this time, you know, she seems pretty healthy that she might actually go home to Alexandria, but. Well, she doesn't look pregnant at all. Right. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, uh. They should get a little baby bump going on her. They should, yeah. Um, but so they talk about, hey, why don't we work together? And Gregory agrees, but she's also he's also kind of shifty as usual. And then there's another teaser that shows what looks like him approaching her with a knife behind his back. Interesting. But mostly hmm. it's the group mobilizing. They're all all together on the move a bunch of them are in a rowboat at one point rick says watch for the signal and then there's an explosion so it looks like uh, there's some good action next week coming up oh good yeah. okay so we got the penultimate uh, episode coming up for this season yeah fantastic all right that's our show episode 255 thanks for listening everybody and thanks to you for coming on. It was really fun. It's been too long since we podcasted. Oh, we should do it again in like two no, days. No, it's been great, man. <laughs> three days, I think. Yeah, yeah three but days. I can't wait for that. And and for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, Jason, you're going to be on uh, Under the Comic Covers. We're going to be talking about Logan. Right. The movie. Uh, the, so the go see the movie and Wolverine movies. So. check out our uh, episode. You've got some days for it. Yeah. Coming out later this week. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. And you can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. And go there and check that out if you haven't. It's really fun. And that's uh, where we get a lot of our listener comments that I read every week. And also, don't forget that I just quit my job and I'm now a full-time podcaster. So if you want to help support me and what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Patreon.com Trying to get a little subliminal go messaging there. going to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, next episode, Karen's back. She's going to be back for the final two, so it'll be her and I. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's our show, patreon.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Don't get bit, patreon.com slash Jason (laughs) Don't Don't get get bit, bit, Sarah Sarah Oaks. Oaks.